You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Special guests and off topics in this segment, anything goes, you're listening to 3 p.m. What's up, guys? This is the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. And with us today, we have a beautiful, amazing guest. Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alex. He's a longtime friend. Uh, I grew up with Alex. We grew up together. And Alex, we lived together. He was like... When I was roommates with Sean, Alex was briefly a roommate with us. Uh, yeah, so, dude. The trap house. Yeah. Dude, that was dope. Fun times. Uh, Alex, for years, has had experiences that I've pestered him constantly. Bro, tell me what happened to you. Because I'm a bad friend. And uh, <laughs> he was like, no, like I'm just not into it. I don't want to share it. Yeah. So 10 years later, I, we wore him down, dude, and he's here. <laughs> I know it's been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But before that, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you into? What do you do? What are you passionate about? Oh, man. Any fun memories of Visalia? I don't know. Anything. Yeah, dude. We grew up together. Yeah, just uh, chilling, living here in Utah. Got my family and working from home. That's pretty much it. Got a little one, five-year-old. I so, know. Uh, you like doing adult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> while we're still in this basement <laughs> telling spooky stories. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's uh Yeah, this is just doing adult shit, dude. That's, <laughs> it's fun. I'm glad I'm able to get here now and, and hang out with you guys and tell my stories. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, what was your experience like growing up in Central California, specifically Visalia? Like when you think of that time in that era, what comes to your mind? The homies, man. Just <laughs> hanging out with you, Jordan, Hunter, Derek, just hanging out. Like that was like every time I go back there, I just think of all the hood rat shit we did. And <laughs> uh, when we were in Young Men's, our leader would be trying to teach. So this is Young Men's in our church. Alex, we had really close group of friends in church, and we were actually friends outside of church. <laughs> uh, our leader makes it sound like a dictatorship. Yeah, our leader. Well, that's, it kind of was, dude. Our leader was always like one of our dads because I think everyone was really intimidated by our group of boys because we were like pretty rowdy in church. Like one of the games we would play was uh, let's run away. And so one time we had this shit ass leader, dude. His name was Brother Abbott. I don't give a shit. Babbitt. <laughs> yeah. uh, he comes in and he goes like, hi, nice to meet you guys. My name is Brother Abbott. And I was like, we're going to call you Babbitt. And he goes, um, actually, my name is Brother Abbott, so you can call me that. And I was like, nah, it's Babbitt. <laughs> and all the other 12-year-old kids are like, Babbitt? Like, what's up, Babbitt? It's like, we're 12-year-old, we're bullying this 40-year-old man. Which is like, we were little assholes, yes. But we were running away from him in the church. And we would like go to the end of the hall, and we'd see him come around the corner. We'd just like sprint laughing. <laughs> Until finally we like boxed ourselves into the closet, the broom closet. We're like, oh shit, like he saw us coming here. There's no way he didn't see us coming here. And we're like, what do we do? What do we do? And we look up and there's the attic to the church. 
So boost each other up, throw each other up there, like the scene in Jurassic Park when she's like hanging from the velociraptor. <laughs> and we get in there, and we right when we shut it down, we hear like the door come in, and he turns on the lights, and he looks around, doesn't see us, and leaves. And we're like, dude. But from then on, we like explored the attic of the church. Anyway, the point of that story is we were rowdy. <laughs> oh, dude, we were we were horrible. So they always assigned one of our dads to watch us because they were like, no one wants to do this. And uh, Hunter's dad. If any of us was, were talking, Jordan's dad would make us all do push-ups if we were talking. And Hunter's dad, if someone was talking, he would just tell the whole class to punch that person. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Alex, but it was 99% of the time Alex, Alex would, because Alex, you, you know, a little ADD and stuff growing up, a little talkative. A, a little. <laughs> and so you'd be like chatting and, and uh, Dave, Hunter's dad would be like, all right, everyone just hit him. And we'd all just run over and start just pummeling, dude. <laughs> That's like Tonga, yeah, dude. Like, kind of like church in Tonga. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. When I was in Tonga, we would just like, somebody couldn't reset a scripture. Everybody knocks their head. Jeez. <laughs> corporal punishment. <laughs> better know the word yeah. of the Lord, dude. <laughs> uh, upon this rock. Yeah. That's hilarious. I learned a lot of life lessons with Alex. Like, dude. Close to dying with you several times. Dude, I remember when you fell. We were climbing in that there was like a building by hunter's house and like it was like at like 10 o'clock at night and we're just climbing through there and all of a sudden i just hear somebody fall and hit the ground i'm like what the hell and i look and charlie's like at the bottom of this pit and he's like Ugh, and i'm like dude are you okay and he like climbs out and like holding his back i'm like dude you i literally thought you like fell for like two stories in this hole i fell into a basement of this office building and it was like i've, I've explained it to be to or i've told it on pod before but i just stepped over like some drywall and i just stepped over some whatever and i fell and i just was like what the hell's happening and then it was like boom and i hit the ground a oh. rebar went into my hand like if that would have gone into my chest i would have been dead yeah and i like pulled myself out it had been raining so it was like full of water so i'm like in swamp water and shit <laughs> and we just do you remember what we did after we just walked to denny's and ate yeah. <laughs> Grand Slam. just dejected just yeah. like Ugh. and in that denny's dude i told the story the second part of that story is a guy destroyed the bathroom <laughs> like shit 10 feet up the back of the wall oh. and he came out of the stall didn't realize i was in there and he sees me and gets all scared that he got caught and he's like oh uh someone <laughs> messed up this bathroom don't go in there and i was like you, like we all know it was you uh, but anyway that grand slam yeah <laughs> yeah the biscuits and gravy man yeah. <laughs> hilarious any other memories of growing up gangs did you ever have run-ins with gangs? Yeah, dude, I did when I was in uh when I was in middle school a little bit, just because like you didn't go to Green Acres because that was like right on the border. I went to St. Like, Paul's because yeah. I was uh better than you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, just kidding. In Asian what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there was there was some there. Like I remember they tried to get me when I was like in seventh grade, but I'm like, no. I'm like my dad worked for a pri- my dad was a teacher at a correctional in- institution in California. So like I knew about gangs and I was like, no, dude, you're not going to get me. <laughs> but besides that, like they, like they were around, but nothing too bad by Celia. And then I remember senior year or not, that was my senior or junior year. There's that when they killed that one Asian kid and there was like the riots on campus at Redwood. I've told that before. That was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, dude, we know someone whose brother was killed because he was wearing a red sweatshirt. Who? Oh, yeah, I forgot his older brother. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's just like this white kid who was walking with a girl, yeah. and he's wearing a red sweatshirt, and they, like, yell something at him, and he's like, hey, like, 
I'm not with that. And then they kill him. Dude, I totally forgot about that, dude. Yeah, because he was wearing a red sweatshirt. So, like, it wasn't light work in our hometown. It Jeez. was, it, like, I, I forget. But when I go back home to California, I'm like, oh, shit, I can't wear, like, half my clothes. Because it's like, my wardrobe today is 99% white and black because half the colors I'm not allowed to wear yeah. back home. <laughs> so, yeah. it's just like, I grew up <laughs> or, never wanting to wear yeah. them. Well, like in certain areas, too, like, it's worse. Like, I would never wear red Vans. Yeah. No. Like, well, they, they couldn't. Like, they, like. The high, I think you it was like in against high dress code. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't wear like red vans, blue vans, or like the hats, like the like the fifty caps. You couldn't wear like red ones or blue ones. Yeah. Dodger caps. Sean and I have been to Central Valley, visited your hometown a couple of times, and there's always one part when we get to, and you guys are like, "Oh, this is the place." This is the and circle. The circle or the, the oval. The oval. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any actual stories from the oval, or is a dude, lot of it my, hearsay? My grandpa used to own a store in the oval, dude. Damn, the you're 80s. really Mexican, bro. <laughs> dude, I just found this out from my parents. I was like, "What the hell? My grandpa owned a store in the oval." <laughs> dude, the oval is revered in Visalia as like the most dangerous sketch part, and you go to it, and you're like, "This is a scene from a movie." Oh yeah, dude. And like the the bus stop is kind of near, so literally all the homeless from like the valley come, and they there will be like two hundred homeless people in the park. Oh, yeah. Old Asians playing like weird mahjong or card games. Yeah, hell of Mexican people just chilling. All the African American population of Visalia is around there, <laughs> which is like a small population. There's way more Mexican and Asian. Dude, one time when I was delivering pizzas, I had to deliver like on the other side of the oval. And I'm driving around the oval, and all of a sudden, I see, like, three cop cars come behind me, so I pull over. They mount the curb <gasps> and then go into the oval, and, like, three – and I'm, like – as I'm circling around, I see, like, a bunch of other cars go in. They jump out, and these guys just start running, and they're, like, chasing them down. And I'm, like, holy shit. Like, and I'm just – then I just go to my place. Here's and I'm your like, pizza. <laughs> I'm, like, holy crap. Like, that was close. Like, freaking hell. Do you have any sp- funny uh, pizza delivery stories? This one time, one time, there is kind of by Redwood. They, this guy ordered like a shit ton of pizza, probably about like like two hundred dollars worth of pizza. And I go there, and it's a party. And this guy comes out, and I give him the pizzas, and he just hands me a wad of cash. And I look, and I just saw like two two hundred dollar bills, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. I go get my car. One hundred dollar bill, two hundred dollar bill, three hundred dollar bill, four hundred dollar bills, five, five. He gave me five hundred dollars <laughs> for two hundred dollars worth of pizza. I was like, "Holy Damn. shit, this is the best!" I just took like the hundred dollars, like I was like, basically like one hundred eighty bucks was like the total, the total tip, or, like the total amount of the bill. And when I cashed out at the end of the night with my boss, I hid the, those three hundred. <laughs> Hell so yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah three hundred dollar tip, dude. Yeah, yeah he tipped As me like should. four bucks. Yeah. That was sucks. Yeah, <laughs> That's the only thing that like comes out of my mind. Just like I just remember that I was like, yes, and I'm pretty sure I just like blew it on video games or yeah. some stupid shit. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Delivering pizza, like occasional milf trying to answering the door, like <sighs> nice. scandalous clothing. The best. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Dude, I I was a delivery boy for Rosa's for a while, yeah. and I delivered food to a house, and it opened up, and I was like, yo. <laughs> Just the strongest reefer smell. And this is back before marijuana was legal. So it was like, what the heck? But they were in uniform. It was like two cops. Whoa. And I'm like, what's happening? Is, is this a sting? I gave him the food and I was like, got out of there as fast as I could. I was like, I don't know what I just, what I witnessed, but they were probably just off duty, like flexing on me that yeah. they could do that. No milfs for you though? No, no. If anything, I had the opposite. I had a dude who dude. his hella dilfs. Dude, he was like a 
gilf, like a oh. golem, I'd like to F. Because uh, <laughs> this dude was like emaciated and so, he looked like He's golem. just like, give me the pizza, yeah. my precious. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like day three of my job and my boss is like, he likes young boys, so he's going to really like you. And I was like, what? Uh, what? And he's like, if you don't come back, I'm not calling the police. I was like, please call the police. <laughs> and he's like, if he invites you in, like, be careful. And so I was so scared. Looking back, my boss was just effing with me. But the guy was creepy. And yeah. like, he's like, where's my extra sausage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on in. Yeah. No meals for me, unfortunately. Was Alex always a nerd? <laughs> Dude, you guys roasted yes. me so hard for liking Star Wars as much as I did. <laughs> Alex is very passionate about like Star Wars. Not just that, but <laughs> come on. Include all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry Potter yeah. and Twilight and <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh how how much of a nerd? Like fan theories too? Yeah, explain like, your what's fiction. the extent of of you being a nerd? I was all I was balls deep, dude. Yeah, everything. Rule thirty three or whatever yeah, rule it's called. Rule thirty four. Yeah, deep. Do you know what that is? No, not off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Rule thirty four <laughs> is the universal rule that if it exists, pornography exists about it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so like when people are like, "Oh, Princess Leia." Rule thirty four. Oh. Uh, so that's like tip of the iceberg. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that balls deep, dude. <laughs> I'm not telling anyone to do anything, but if you <laughs> were so inclined, all you would have to do is Google anything, Rule 34, and very explicit material will come up. Yeah, cars. <laughs> yeah. Rule 34. Oh, like Dodge yeah. Viper has Rule 34. Yeah. Like people oh. obsessed about That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, DJ. Okay. It's not <laughs> that not deep. That. Just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking for some contemporaries is all. <laughs> yeah. Someone to trade with, you know? You know? <laughs> a collection. There was a time where I shared a series of stories highlighting our crazy-ass friend who I will call Mitch. Okay. What's your craziest Mitch story? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, man, dude, I, I have to think about it. There's there are definitely some crazy-ass stories with him. Uh, I, I have probably shared these before, but I'll just share a couple. Every time we'd camp, he it was like his vendetta or his goal to come back with a wild animal. Oh, yeah, all the time. And so one specifically, we were at scout camp and he just left in the morning and we see him standing like waist deep in the water. And that night he came home with a huge ass fish that he caught with his hands. And yeah. I'm like, dude, what? Uh, yeah. Another one was he, he put on like scuba gloves. So it's just like, it's not like protection or anything. Um, it's like a wetsuit glove. Yeah. And he rigged up this crazy ass trap and waited there all day and he caught a squirrel with his bear. So we're like all at the fire and he comes screaming and he's holding the squirrel at like uh, arm's length away from him. And the squirrel is just like, <laughs> like biting his whole hand and he's just holding it. And he's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And we're like, dude, like we, none of us thought past this point. Yeah. I don't know. He always catch caught things. He uh, hid a baby fox from his mom for like three months. Dude, that was at my house. What? Dude, he caught that thing in the in like the development right next door. I remember one time we were like walking and we just see like this fox like just running, like just like jumping through like the weeds, and he jumps off the wall. And this wall's like six feet tall, like six, seven feet tall. It's a pretty tall wall. Jumps off and starts chasing the fox through these weeds. And then he comes back, he's like, I'm gonna catch that damn thing. And then I'm like, All right. So then <laughs> like a week later, he like they were over at my house again and 
he had taken on the other side of the wall there was like a, a like a small animal trap and he had like put like food in there and he comes back with a baby fox and my mom's like mitch where did you get that and he's like i caught it <laughs> what the hell are you doing and he caught it and like he takes it home and like they had to like get rid of it i don't even know what what christine wanted to do with it because uh, mitch's mom i was like yeah you can't give it back to the wild because the mom's gonna reject it like so crazy He's wild. One night he was just like, come pick me up. Let's go do something. And he's like, pull over here. And I pull over and he just jumps a fence and runs away. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he like jumps over the fence, jumps in the car. He's like, go, 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 go. I'm like, what, what's what's up? And he just opens his jacket and he has two chickens with them. <laughs> and he, he knew this farmer and he stole these two chickens from a farmer. Dude, this sounds fake, but it's like a thousand percent real. Gosh. <laughs> and like we ended up, uh, we were downtown. Sorry, I was 17. So it's like. I was lawless and an idiot and this is all fake too anyway. So uh, we went downtown and there was like a club and people were trying to get into this club and they're all dressed up and he opens the door and just like throws one of the chickens and it just flies at all the people and they're like, what the fuck? And like running. And then we let another one loose in Winco and like told one of the workers and they like announced it and they like all the workers had to like chase it through the, through the like aisles of Winco. When you're a kid, especially there's like that complex you put on where like you can't admit to your fault you have to like act like it didn't happen like for me when we watch movies i don't know why i like i'll fall asleep a lot but i have to act like when i wake up like i wasn't falling asleep so i'll wake up from my sleep and i'll just like laugh at something (laughs) like make sure everyone else knows that i i wasn't sleeping for some reason Uh, contextually, contextually, this makes sense. I know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll like make some stupid ass comment like, "Oh, that's crazy." Yeah, that would happen. All, I'd do that all the time because you would always force me to watch scary movies. <laughs> like literally. So, for you, I don't know if you've talked about. I'm pretty sure you've talked about me about me before on this podcast. But maybe, I, maybe, I, I, don't know. I do not like scary movies. Like, and I think more so after my mission. I don't like them as much. I just because of some stuff, and we'll probably get into it. But um, I remember the first scary movie I saw with you in theaters was Paranormal Activity, and oh, I sh- shat my pants, dude. That like, effed us up, dude. I that movie <laughs> me up so bad. Like, I'm glad. <laughs> like, ever since then, like anything having to do with like possession, demonic, anything, just <laughs> me up, dude. Yeah. Like, so it's the demon stuff you're not okay with. Yeah, but even just like. What about like monsters, like, uh, like Stranger Things? Oh, I love Stranger Things. Like, yeah. it, it's fine. Like, yeah. it just really depends. It has to be. I hate the ones that are just like try to scare you, like the jumpy, like stupid stuff. Yeah. Like in the slasher movies, like I don't really get into because I'm just like it's just gory. So like demonic stuff. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. And, but anyways, yeah. I was getting into it briefly earlier, but we're all friends in church. There's like six of us who are pretty close. We grow up. And when you turn 18, 19, for every Mormon boy, you have to decide if you want to go on a mission. And we've explained this several times, but I'm going to refresh memories. A Mormon mission is, for guys, you leave for two years, or at least it used to be. I think it's still two years. It's all whack now. I know, because they can talk to their family every week, dude. Yeah. Just a bunch of these dude. (laughs) So, okay, this is when we went out on a mission 10 years ago. We had to, like, send Morse code to our family. (laughs) And pray got to them. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, you go out for two years. You send in an application. And at some point, they send back an answer. And they send you anywhere they want. 
And so you really have no idea where you're going. And it's like a big defining thing in your life. And around the culture of missions, a lot of it is like if you get sent stateside, people are like, oh, sorry, bro. Because everyone usually wants like – you want some romantic, exotic, and you want to learn another foreign language, language or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere yeah. really out of your element. Yeah. So all of our homies were all the same age. We're all trying to stop sinning and touch boobies and stuff. <laughs> and we're like, legit. There's one point where touch we were boobies, the, touching yourself, dude. Touching boobies, touching yourself, yeah. your that own the, boobies, yeah, dude. Yeah. Close my eyes. I could, <laughs> your boy bags. was yoked at the time, so it was it was nice. No, there was we, you, me, and Hunter in the back of my truck had a conversation. We're like, guys. I can't stop masturbating. <laughs> so it was like, okay, we're going to check in all the time and like help, help each other get on missions. Anyway, so we were like all at the same time. Dude, you remember, we can probably cut this out, uh, but you remember when I like, I messed up and then I came over to your, I like, I got in trouble with my parents because my parents kind of knew because I like, was like sneaking. They took my phone away and like I like took the SIM card out and like put a SIM card in my mom's phone and I was trying to text this girl that I, you know, done. Dude, the lengths, bro. Dude. Anyways, <laughs> so like I got in trouble with my parents and I ran. I remember running over to your house. I didn't have anything on me and I like knocked on your door and I'm like, hey, can I like hang out? And like I remember just like you just being there and like helping me through the whole situation and stuff. And like we would just like go on these runs. Like we would just like go like running at middle of the night, Dude, yeah. like just to like like exercise, you know metaphorical demons you know and just to, like get <laughs> well, our minds legit, straight i i like trying to go on a mission i was like yo like your boy has an issue with touching his dangling and i'm talking about myself <laughs> and so they were like yeah you should probably go to like addiction recovery program oh, dude, that's, <laughs> i was like whoa what dude, oh my gosh don't yeah. even give me started. equivalent yeah. to you know yeah for sure yeah it's like yeah i'm totally anyway so i did that and i did the program and it was like if you have an urge do something physical yeah and so I got into the best shape of my entire <laughs> life. I was swimming like two hours a day, working out for two hours a day, and going on like two hour runs. Yeah. So yeah, Alex and I were just like, "There's a full time right, job." Run. Yeah, bro. dude. It was oh, like, no. uh, yeah, your boy has a lot of urges. <laughs> <laughs> just effed up. It's like we. I felt so evil for being normal. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, we went on a lot of runs together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got really into parkour too around that dude, time. I remember oh, that, dude. Would, oh shoot! Yeah, dude. That was. Dude, remember, sorry, one last story. I know we're trying to get into it, but remember that the, was it the old bank, that really tall building downtown where you took us up there and remember we would throw shit down at people on like the foggy nights and they had no idea like where it was coming from. You were with me when we were on top of this like really tall building and two straight vatos oh, yeah, were yeah, walking. Yeah. And in our hometown, there's two opposing main gangs, Northern and Southern, Norteño, Certeño. And uh, they would communicate with whistles. So Norteños were four, X4. Sorteños were X3. So you could identify yourself as being a Sorteño or Norteño by whistling like, <laughs> doing it three times or four times. So we saw a Norteño down there. So we, we did the three whistle. And I've said this before, but he was walking with his pants like almost around his ankles, like white socks up to his knees, like the most the wife beater and stuff on. And we did that. And he just like, Flipped around like instantly. He's like, "What the f is it? Like, who the fuck? Like, come up. Where are you at?" And like for like twenty. And then every time he was like over it, he couldn't find it. He'd turn around, start walking away. We do it again. Wait, what the? F like turn <laughs> for like an hour, dude. He could have like if he was smart, he could have like hid. Wait till we came down and just murdered us. If he was, he was just smart, scared, he's gonna get run up on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that's. okay. So Mormon missions. 
That was a sidetrack. <laughs> you send off your papers. It comes back and it says, if it were me, like Elder Hatch, you are hereby called to labor in the, and for me, it was Aust- Brisbane, Australia mission. And I was like, damn, I'm going to Australia. I wanted New Zealand, but that's fine. It's close. It's whatever. <laughs> and so our group of friends are going and it was like, yo, one of us got sent to Argentina. That's sick. Another one of us got sent to Africa. Bro, that's crazy. Like, no one gets sent to Africa. I got sent to Australia. Wow. And then Alex gets sent to El Salvador. Wow, that's crazy. Dangerous, dude. You got Like, on his, like, prep list, it was like, get combat boots. And I'm dead serious. I, like, went with you to go buy them. It was like, you had to get, like, combat boots for walking and, like, f***ing dodging knives and stuff. <laughs> I think it was... I think I, they wanted you to have like rain boots and I ended up buying combat boots. No, nah, dude, my story's way better. <laughs> uh, and then our last homie's like, you get called to the Farmington, Arizona. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> that's cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, New Mexico's awesome. Where yeah. was it? New Mexico? Yeah. 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 Uh, I love you. He's probably not listening, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are and I love you. Yeah. But anyway, our whole group of friends gets our calls almost at the same time and leaves at the same time. Yeah. So it was really fun. We would like illegally, cause you weren't supposed to at the time, email each other and just be like, bro, what's going on? And Hunter's like, Africa's freaking crazy, bro. I'm seeing so many like nasty boobies, bro. Like, <laughs> 60 year old women, just like breastfeeding eight year olds and stuff. Hunter, saw, Hunter saw, saw some crazy stuff. And then Alex had a lot of stories from El Salvador and several experiences that he was like, I never want to talk about these. And me being a best friend, I was like, shut up, you you asshole. You're going to tell me. <laughs> uh, but he never did. But anyway, so Alex tonight is going to teach us a little bit about El Salvador. Um, it's culture. It's, re- it's beliefs. It's issues. And a couple of experiences, if we're lucky. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Oh, I got it now. (laughs) But you got it now. Peer pressure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work. And the other person put in the work as well. Uh, Didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made. Honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, yeah. So I went to El Salvador. So do you guys know a lot about El Salvador? Pupusas. That's it. 
Same. That's the limit of my. That's the extent of my knowledge of El Salvador. The best food ever, dude. So, for those of you who don't know about El Salvador, it's in Central America. It's the smallest country in Central America, but it's the high has the highest population density. It's pretty dangerous. Um, <laughs> it's it's got a kind of a an interesting past. I don't know how much you guys want me to go into the history of dude, it, but extensive. Go, what makes them unique? Uh, like sets them apart from like everywhere else in Central and South America. Uh, what sets them apart, I guess, is they're savages, dude. Like they've been <laughs> fighting. Like they literally have been fighting since like the ancient times. Yeah. Um, like the ancient people that originally settled the area, like they were conquered by the Aztecs and then the Aztecs and then the Spaniards came. And then because like they were kind of like the smallest country, like all the other Central American countries, you know, tried to fight yeah. them and take land from them. And, so, and then like, they, they have been, a civil war too, don't they? Oh, dude. Yeah. Massive civil yeah. War. In the eighties, they had a really bad civil war. That's kind of like That's the recent. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was at the time when, you know, communism was spreading and it's kind of hard. It's kind of interesting. I've kind of in preparation for this podcast, like dive deep into it again. Cause it's been a while. Cause you know, shoot, this was like 10 years ago, but like, because it's a small country, it's like the size of Massachusetts. Like it's not that, it's not that big. It takes like three hours to drive from one side to the other. Um, they don't really have like export, like a, a real like export economy. Like it's just kind of like agriculture. Like they didn't have like coffee or like, you know, gold or silver, Coke. like other, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I think they have that now, but uh, <laughs> like it's, there's not a lot there. And so it was mainly used for like just agriculture and like yeah. a workforce. Um, and so like in, there was always like a clash between like the, like the rich elite and like the super poor and it kind of exacerbated and, and like bubbled up to the top in the eighties when like, this communist party came in and like back to all these, all the farmers trying to rebel against the, you know, the elites um, that were controlling like everything, the military elites. And it was a 12 year long civil war. Um, the U S backed the right wing military government to fight against the, the leftists, which only prolonged the war. They spent like $2 billion over the 12 years trying to, you know, so the U S funded, those who are like trying to oppress yeah the, basic well kind of because depends on which side you exactly, want to look at it from yeah so does el salvador like or hate the u.s they, they have a real a mixed relationship with it um funny thing i didn't know this they actually tried to like prior to um like in the early 1900s like right after world war ii they sent a delegation to the u.s to like ask them to for the u.s to annex them into the u.s and they're like, no, we don't want any part of that. And <laughs> we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Um, but anyway, so like the war was like 75,000 people were killed during 12. And it's like not that's a lot of people to die, like in that small of a country. Like I think there's I don't even know how many people there are now. But the Civil War. Yeah. During the Civil War. Like so a lot of people died. It was bloody, you know, you know, crimes against humanity happened. Like, you know, the the military leaders like would just go in and massacre entire villages and you know it's just really bad and bloody um and during that time a ton of people like over 300,000 people left El Salvador and they went to the United States mm. and the main area where a lot of them concentrated was in south uh southern california particularly LA and for those of you guys who don't know in the 80s during LA there was a lot of you know racial racial tension gang violence you know you had like the bloods and the crips emerging 
And so in order to kind of defend themselves and protect themselves, you had the Salvadorians kind of sticking together and they made their own gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, probably heard of MS-13, 18th yeah. Street. So MS-13 from El Salvador? Yep. Marasabatrucha. Crazy. I could throw up all the gang signs. I learned all those. <laughs> the important stuff. Yeah, the important Every stuff. Every email, Alex is like, this is how you do this gang sign. This is how you do this gang sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so basically af- after the war kind of ended, like a lot of these people, a lot of the gang members, they would get, they, they were there kind of as refugees, but then they would get deported back to El Salvador and all these gang members started going back to El Salvador and then it just got and it's just a poor country anyways and so it just the problem exacerbated and it just was gangs were running rampant um you know highest like for the longest time from like the 2000s even till when i was there it was the highest murder rate per capita in the world for the longest time i think honduras now has it now but they're basically same place (laughs) neighbors but uh super super dangerous like and so it's it, it, yeah it's really really dangerous um i can't remember where i was going with that but um where while you were there as a missionary yeah like did you were you confronted with anything oh dude like all on that time. scale or oh, all the time like people yeah. pulling knives on you or what yeah they, they what was like the yeah the regular they didn't really mess with us too much um and there was like certain areas where like you knew not to go and why did the members the members would well it's because they they they're superstitious dude like they don't mess with the 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 mormones yeah mormones yeah that's how the philippines were too because it's like yeah like we wouldn't want to mess with like servants of god yeah yeah Yeah. and also too they didn't want to get heat from the la jura or the the police like they didn't want to like rob or accidentally kill or a missionary because then the police would come down hard uh, on them and interrupt activities and stuff. So. Yeah. Real quick. Can you describe like the physical aspects of a Salvador? So it's called the land of volcanoes. Like there's like over two, there's over like 20 volcanoes, like several active um, in, in there. There's like the three, the three main ones. So I served mainly in the central capital where you have like the big, um, San Salvador volcano, and then and a little bit in the east, which you have like the San Miguel volcano. They're it's crazy because it's just like these huge volcanoes like coming out of nowhere. Anyways, yeah. So, um, and it's it's really cool, not cool, but it's interesting because you could see the division of wealth. Like that's the other thing too. That's going into a little bit more of like the um, the structure of the economy and like the 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 country is you have really really wealthy and then you have extremely dirt poor like the mm-hmm. average like the average person survives like on a dollar 25 a day like it's crazy super poor but then you have i remember like going some days like and when you're in the mission you have to like go to the mission office to like redo your visas and stuff and the mission office is like in like the bougie part of town and like i'm like going on a bus and i'm like where the hell am i like am i in california now like there's all these like B- there's a BMW dealership and like a mall <laughs> and a movie theater. I'm like, where the hell am I? It's just like so crazy the disparity between like the super rich and then where I was living, where there's like people with dirt floors and freaking holes in the ground where they take craps, you know. So it really was like think third world. Yeah. 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 Like w- like corrugated tin roof. 
yeah. barbed wire. Did they do the glass and stuff? Oh yeah, dude. They did the glass. Um, so glass like on bottles the, on the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they cement a ton of glass bottles and then they break them all so they're jagged. Mm-hmm. That, that's like their security system. Yeah, someone did that. Yeah. Uh, jungle, dense jungle. It's more subtropical. I recently. It's a lot like it's a lot like Maui. Yeah. Um, mm. Like you have some parts. There's like some parts like high. Like higher up in elevations that look more jungly, but then the most of it's like it's just sub subtropical, hot as balls, like <laughs> so freaking hot. Like you walk outside and you're sweating, like after taking like ten steps. El Salvador does or doesn't have coastline. They do. They have some of the best surfing huh. in the world. El Salvador. Yeah. So pre-mission, Alex, you op- you receive your call. You open it up. It says El Salvador. What are you feeling? I was so stoked, dude. Yeah. Like, cause like, <laughs> so a little more background on me. So, uh, I'm Mexican. Um, your mom or dad? My dad. Uh, his parents, his grandparents came over from, uh, Durango, Chihuahua area into New Mexico, um, like in the early 1900s. Yeah. Um, and then they, and then my grandparents, then they moved to LA, established. Yeah. My grandparents spoke both spoke Spanish fluently, but they didn't teach their kids because they wanted them to assimilate um, into culture. So my so dad, dad doesn't. Sp- my dad doesn't speak Spanish. He just knows like puta and like, stupid, you know, like because he, <laughs> he, he worked in a prison for 20 stuff. years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, like it was really important. Like I really wanted to go somewhere and learn Spanish because like that take me back to my heritage. And so like I was one thing I was like, sweet, like I'm going to learn Spanish, which. What about awesome. like cultural tendencies? Did he ha- pick up any from his parents? Oh, my dad. Uh, yeah, like that were like Mexican culture, like in the home. Well, he worked Alex to the bone, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> yard work. Yeah, dude. Like I had pull my weeds if I wanted to go do anything. Literally dude. every Saturday, I was like, Alex, can you play? He's like, No, I have like six hours of chores, and we're not <laughs> joking. It was like every weekend we're like, Dude, yeah. complain. You're like, I can. I gotta re-cement the driveway or something. <laughs> <laughs> like every yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Typical like. Mexican dad, the control freaks. You want to? Well, because like I feel like your dad might have like had some hoodlum past in his oh, life. He did. So he was like, oh, he in order to make you avoid this, he was like, I'm gonna work his ass like yeah. every weekend. Yeah, that. And then my dad worked in prison, so like he, you know, was super cautious. But yeah, yeah. So you got your call. You're stoked. You get to the field. Your boots are on the ground. Still, stoked. are you still stoked? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it was a little culture shock because I didn't speak any Spanish. Like, you learn a little bit in the MTC, and then you get there, and you're like, what the hell? Like, it's not what I learned. Yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> Did you fit in? There? Oh, yeah. They thought I was Is like. Is that bad to ask? No, they thought I was, what, like, they thought I was, like, a local or, like. And then they start you know, speaking, like, and they're like. Oh, they, so, no. like. They're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I had a good, I've always, I always had a good accent from the beginning. Like, oh, they okay. thought I sound, like, they were just like. You sound like a ten year old. Slow like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a Oh, you have Down syndrome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're special, especially. Especial. Yes. Your base is no as malo. Yeah. The funny thing is, my my first companion, he was from Bountiful, Utah, and his his Spanish was great. And like, so like, whenever we would like go to like talk to people, like they'd look at me. And then I'd look at him, and then he would talk, and they would be like, "What the hell?" Like, because he had spoke perfect, crazy, dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. uh, It's definitely like culture shock, obviously. But um, can you describe a little bit about like 
the beliefs, superstitions of the people? Like, are they a really religious people? Oh, are they all Catholic? What's going on? Yeah, there's oh, most everybody. Most everybody in Latin America is the majority is Catholic. Um, ran into a lot of like evangelical Baptists, you know, huh? like a lot of those types of religions. Um, you know, the ones that speak in tongue and all that stuff, which was fun encountering them and or like hearing them. Like we'd be walking by like at night and they, <laughs> we'd be walking by and like, you just hear them in the microphone. Like, oh, I'm like, am I in Iraq? Or like, <laughs> in a mosque, in like, he's like wild. He's, yeah. Are there indigenous peoples? They were, there were, they're very rare. So they were wiped out basically. What are they called? The Nawa. I think I'm saying that right. How do you spell that? N-A-U-H-U-A or something like that. Hmm. Um, they have their own language. Yeah. So like it. it's weird because like there was – so one one cool fact, there's actually like a Pompeii um, like, like site in El, in, in El Salvador. It's basically the same thing that happened to Pompeii where like the people were like covered in ash. But this is like way earlier. There Apparently there's like a um, – the El Lago Ilopango, which is like a big like – caldera like exploded and basically covered this whole city now i actually visited there it's cool because you can see like the crops like are still there and like the people like the bodies are just there like oh, in the house is yeah. just like perfectly preserved it's pretty cool that's, that's wild that's yeah, called hoya de seren hoya de seren yeah the jewel of seren i don't know what that is so those people are really rare then the nawa yeah they're because well there and there was like you know i told you like they speak nawanese or what i don't know <laughs> um but yeah, I was telling nah. you, like, there's always, nah. like, battles. Nah. There's <laughs> there's always, like, conflicts, I guess. Like, yeah. in, like, the 1800s, there was, they basically, there was just one guy who got into charge and basically, like, eradicated all the. Oh, that sucks. All the, like, almost all of them. Because they were, most of them were just, like, old farmers and they were trying to, like, get equality and stuff. And they just. <sighs> just chilled like last summer, I did. just came, yeah. came in. Yeah. No mas. Wait, so. There's still a few now, really rare. Yeah, Are they like some protected dissent, now. Kind of. There's there's a couple communities like out in the that they that they protect. Um, and I know that they they're trying to protect it more now, but it's it's not very prevalent in the culture. Like, like I remember when I was serving in an area that was kind of like out in the boonies. Like, I learned a little bit about it, but it wasn't anything like. It's not high on their priority list. No, no. <laughs> they're just trying not to get shot as they walk down the street. Yeah, interesting. Think yeah. about the Nawa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the here and Nawa. Yeah. Uh, okay, so are are they superstitious? Like, is yeah, there oh, folklore yeah. in El Salvador? Uh, yeah, they have like stupid stories, like a Cipitio, like is like this fat kid who C-3PO? wears like <laughs> Cipitio. A fat kid is their urban legend? Dude, this is, dude it's so stupid. Tell it. Dude, you should pull up a picture of him, dude. Okay, oh my how do you gosh. spell it? C-P-T-O. C-I-P-I-T-I-O. C-P-T-O. C-P-T-O, dude. He looks creepy AF, dude. He's like C-P-T-O a little kid with like a, like a gut, a nose, and he wears this hat. This is the one that came up. Yeah, Ugh. dude, that's one of them. That's one of them. Just a naked ass kid, chubby ass belly. And what about it? He just like would like, he wasn't like a demon or anything, but he would just like terrorize, like throw rocks at like little girls and like little (laughs) kids and stuff. And like they would always, it was like one of those legends that they like tell the kids like, hey, you better be careful. CPT is going to come get you. Like this will roll up on you. Oh, Dude, there's another one that's like creepy (laughs) AF. He's got like a super long nose. Like it's really weird. Yeah, that's kind of one of them. 
Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, I he just throws rocks. That's it. Yeah, and just kind of like, and he always has a banana in his hand. <laughs> oh gosh, he does. That's menacing. <laughs> I just started noticing that. Yeah, he always he's always eating a banana. It's super That's weird. Not a chubby kid, though. That was, was like, like the main thing. Like this, the only like legend, like folklore legend. And then they local. have like the same ones, like like La Llorona and like all the normal Mexican ones they have. <laughs> so ladies in white dresses. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, yeah. but they're but just naturally they are superstitious. I think that's mainly coming from the Catholicism and like, because a lot of Catholics normally are superstitious. So. Yeah. No chupacabra. That's Mexico. Yeah. That's Mexico. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you said a lot of them with the same ones from Mexico. Yeah. I know. I yeah. think like Llorona is like the one that I just, that's like universal though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're there, you're trying to share the gospel. Yeah. It's super dangerous. Can you talk a little bit about the dinner? Because I remember you talking about like you literally you'll go from one street, you'll walk across the street, and it's yeah. like you can't go. Yeah. So my I didn't really like experience like the danger danger until my third area. Or was it my third area or fourth area, whatever I can't remember. But um there's the most dangerous city, at least when I was there, I think it probably is still now, is called a Ciudad de Soyapango. Soyapango, city of Soyapango. It's a suburb of, so San Salvador, you have like the capital and then there's a bunch of like little like cities, like suburbs. Um, and Soyapango, so there's actually a documentary. Um, if you want to learn more, it's called La Vida Loca. The crazy and, life. <laughs> yeah. And it's about this actually... I don't. I think the guy, the American guy who made this, like, got killed. Making Whoa. it? Not making it, but later on, like, for it. At, I don't know if, it, but it was. I think it was like gang related or something. But anyways, he embeds himself with La Dieciocho, which is 18th Street Gang. So you have MS13 and 18th Street Gang. They hate each other and like they fight all the time, or did. And he embeds himself with them and like it's all in Spanish. It's also you're gonna be reading subtitles the entire time, but it's like goes in. The place they're in, it's called La Campanera, like that, like little community. Like I served there, like I went to that place, like in that documentary. Like it's, anyways, it's crazy. But in this area, the reason why this city is so dangerous is because their main road that goes, like, goes north and south through the city. One side is Diosiocho, and the other side is MS13. And this area that I was in, elders have been getting pulled in and out. Like ever since like uh, like all the elder the the, elder, the oldest tenured elders in the mission, they're like, yeah, people have been getting pulled in and out. And what do you mean? Like they were like, we got to get the missioners out. They would just dangerous. they would just close the area because one is either too dangerous or two like the work would just stall and like they couldn't get anything done. And so we had just we were the first elders there in two years when I got in there, and two years prior to that they implemented a, a rule, a mission rule that we could not teach gang members or any relatives of gang members. So it's like you have like four <laughs> people left. Yeah. But the reason that the reason that was implemented was because of what happened in my area the two, two years prior. So the elders were teaching this young kid and he was a friend of another member kid. His brother was an Can you say member kid, member like of the church? A, a member of the church, yeah. So like another kid who went to the same, who went to the church, the congregation, one of his friends from school was kind of interested. 
And so the, and they referred him to the elders and the elders started teaching him and this kid's brother, I don't think the elders knew at the time was a member of Diesiocho. Okay. I don't know if he was like directly a member or like affiliated, but he had family members who were in Diesiocho. And so the street, like the church is on like a little sub street off onto the Diesiocho side. But like to get there, you kind of have to go by the main road. And then on the one side you have MS-13 and then uh, Diesiocho on one side. And so they would like teach him or whatever. And so for those who don't, so like every Wednesday night or whatever, they would have like a youth night where all the youth would come to the, to the chapel and like they do activities and stuff. And so the member kid, the elders are like, Oh, we'll meet you there. And the, uh, the, the kid who's the member kid was going to bring meet up with him and come to the chapel. And so they were going to walk together because you know, they were, they were good buds. And so when they were walking compass, yeah, they're compass. Yeah. And so they got off the bus. I don't know how they got got there anyways. They were walking up to the chapel and three guys just ran up on him and just shot him. Both of them, the kid, the member kid and the kid killed him. What oh. crime did they commit or like why? What was the hit for? I think it had to do with they just they probably just saw they knew that hit that the kid and his like was a part of the Ocho because his brother was. And like, they just saw him and they, like, that's the thing is like, that's crazy is like, they just do dispassionate things like that. If you're affiliated, like they don't care, they'll just come up and kill you. I was going to say, Holy we cow. should paint a picture of like the ruthlessness of violence, especially with these two gangs. It's like there, you can, you can't really point your finger at sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just irrational. It's like, irrational. They'll kill whatever, yeah, wherever, so like, whenever. And it's, right. it's zero connection to like feeling and emotion and empathy. It's just like. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like because it's so embedded in their culture. Like and it's so like imagine being like a kid growing up in El Salvador. Like it's a way of make, life. It's, you're not making anything like you have these kids all of a sudden like you get embedded with the gang and you start getting money. You get in drug money. It's attractive. It's very it's very attractive lifestyle. And so like to get into the gang, like, like one of the things that you have to do, like on the MS 13 is like, you get jumped in, like 13 guys will beat you up. Like just they'll just start beating the crap out of you. And like, in a, to prove yourself, like you have to kill somebody. Like there's like all these different things that you Rituals. can do. So like, you'll just get like these like 12 year old kids, 10 year old kids who've caught a body who will just kill people just so they can get into the gang. Like that's initiation. how, like, for, yeah, it's just initiation. And then, and it's so like, there, there's just no vicious cycle yeah there's no sense to it at all like they'll oh, just they're chaos just, it's just chaos and they do whatever they want insane and just to paint a picture too El Salvador's tiny ass country mm-hmm. Central America yeah MS-13 starts and becomes like the biggest gang in the world and like the biggest threat right yeah. at one point they were like MS-13 is like the scariest gang. Like, yeah, because they would there. do they would do all the work for like the Mexican mafia. Like they would like all like the other like the cartel. Like they'll contract like out outsource. To them. Oh, yeah, they outsource a lot of the stuff. I was going to ask why because statistically yeah. they have the most gang members in the world, right? I, yeah, at one point they did. They, yeah, yeah. And I remember spread. seeing them when I was like ten years old in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I learned about the MS-13. <laughs> they remember like, hey, we. F- made it bro <laughs> we in the Guinness yeah. <laughs> you have to look at pictures of some of the gang members like all the tats they have like they'll have like 
you know, devil horns, MS 13, like just tats full, for... just full body tats. Like yeah. it's crazy. I, I, I ran into a couple. I remember the first time I saw a guy that had like his full face, it was in this area and we were just like walking along and, and like as far, and he was like working on like a farm thing. And he like turns around and he's like, what's up elders? Like in perfect English. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, straight up like this. Yeah. And he had like full face tats, like uh DSE Ocho, like 18th street, like devil horns, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and like, and he's like, what's up, elders? And I'm like, oh, hey. He's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just walking. And he's like, okay, see ya. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah. That dude just like had, like, I'd never seen anything like that before. Just farming corn. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're picking up like freaking cow shit or something like that. I can't remember what he was doing. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, just the environment is just so, it's so dangerous just because you have like these gang members willing to do anything to to please the the hierarchy and to like assume you know to ascend in the hierarchy so because that kid um those two kids were killed the mission president was like okay you can't teach anybody who's related because you know and then no elders had been in there since and so when we got there we were like the first ones there in a really long time and yeah so it's uh what was that like it was it was cool because like i was still new like i was still really new i had just started like getting a grasp on the language. Um, and so like, I was really starting to understand a lot, lot more. And so like, I couldn't, you know, yeah. So it was just, it was a perfect time because I was just understanding more and yeah, it was, it was awesome. But it was also really, it really didn't hit me until like the craziest, I think this is probably like the craziest thing that happened to me, like, like near death experience on my mission. Um, so uh, I was telling you about like La Vida Loca, the documentary, the, the documentary that they, the main like barrio is La Campanera. The rules were that we could not go there after dark. And there barrio was of, is like a neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. My Mexican. Trip. I forgot how to say it in English. But, yeah. <laughs> sorry. My wife's going to roast me for that. <laughs> Shout Missionaries out. routinely, it's like a Mormon joke. When they come home from their missions, they're like, oh, I forgot to say, how do you say in, English? You say in English? English? Like, I forgot so to say. So, yeah. Just flexing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so the main, like, neighborhood. Yeah, so it's called La Campanera. And there's actually, and so, like, another thing that you do as a missionary, like, as part as, like, preaching the gospel, like, you go and, like, you meet with the members to, like, make sure, like, they're okay to, like, do any service. And there was a couple old ladies who lived there. And we were just like, okay, let's go visit it. And a part of it too, we wanted to go to La Campanera and see what was just all about. You got to see what's up. You got to see what's up, you know? And so we kept, so like, and also a little more backstory. We walked everywhere or we took buses. Like we didn't have bikes because we would have gotten jacked. Like we didn't have cell phones because we would have got jacked. Like you, so we had to walk or you can walk around with like anything value on you because missionaries, even though it was not like super common, it would happen. You still get robbed, like mm. even by, by gang members or even not gang members. Like you'll have like a drunk guy who's just hurting for cash, and we'll see you walk by and try and get something off you. Give me your f-ing scriptures, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, all right, just read them and yeah, pray about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, we got on the bus because like this, it was kind of like a, like a five ten minute bus ride down the road because it's kind of up in the hills and more out towards the country and we get down there and it's like on the side of a hill. So, um, and like for those who are just listening, like it's mainly like just like a main road. And then off of the main road, there's like a bunch of like little like 
alleyways and in those alleyways are all the houses like and so we were going down there and it was like so every day it gets dark at like six o'clock in el salvador and so we were like kind of pushing it because it was like five o'clock when we decided to go over there and meet with this uh this old lady and so it was kind of dusky getting darker and so we walked down and as we're walking down i noticed like there was a lot of gang members like i wasn't i wasn't Usually they're kind of like hiding and like they're not really out in the open. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gang members, just like and I was like, okay, and just all posted up, just all posted up, kind of on the outside. And like we hadn't been to visit this uh, this sister before, and so I'm like looking at like the directions on which passageway it is, and I'm like, please don't be the passageway where they're all posted up out of. And of course it is, <laughs> and so I'm like, fuck. And so as I'm walking by, like they're just like eyeballing me like staring me down i'm like fuck and they're all tatted and like full on dude tatted full you know just like your normal vato with the tank tops and the brandishing too no not really they're not like showing me anything and as soon as i turn the corner we turn the corner of the pasai the passageway there's four guys standing right there strapped to the nines like ak's like uzis everything and they're like what are you doing here and like speaking espanol fool no, like in English. Oh. What are you doing here? And I'm like, and my companion, he was from Guatemala. He didn't speak English. And I'm like, oh, we're just uh, visiting, you know, sister. I can't even remember her name, like Hernandez or something. And and he was like, no, not today. And I turn around and there's like 10 guys behind me strapped. Just like, I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh, we're just, we don't want any trouble or anything. Like, we just want to go visit, you know, this lady. And he's like, no, you need to leave now. And I'm like, all right. And so like, I turn around and like, as we turn the corner, like there's 10 guys like right behind us. And then we turn out, there's like 20 guys just all strapped. And we're like, what the hell? And so like, we just like walk out slowly <laughs> and we go up and we, how and close? Like you have to pass by these dudes. Like I'm like, they're moving out of the way. Like I'm like, like I'm in the club, like trying to like, get I'm like, <laughs> and so I that's go, surreal. Dude, you step was, on one of their shoes. Oh dude. I know. <laughs> they're all like, they're all like your height, Charlie, like five, five. <laughs> so they're, massive or what <laughs> you say five five i'm not jordan dude oh yeah sorry i get confused <laughs> anyways so like i'm like walking through these guys and then i look at my companion my companion's like sweating shitting bricks and i'm like Phew. so like we just walk slowly and i'm like looking back to see if they're following me and they're just like yeah like there's a couple of guys like yelling and whistling at me like hey pinche gringo like just like just like laughing at us and then we walk out and we get on the bus. And as soon as we get on the bus, we see three police cars in the back of the bed. There was a bunch of military guys with masks, right gear, like, like like full on gear, like strapped to the tank, strapped to the nines. And they just boom, turn on the lights and the bus turns around like super fast. And all the next thing we hear, dude, just open fire. The police just go down there and start, just start going full out war with the. With and you the were gangs. standing in the middle of them. We were at oh, one point. Man. As soon as we're leaving, dude, I was like, as soon as I heard the gunshots, I was like, holy shit! You would have been right in the middle of the dude, war. Yeah, like, like say what you will, like that dude, like saved us, like because he was like, you guys need to leave now, because he knew that, like, I, he had that to it was have known going down. that shit was going down. Fuck, dude. Yeah, he could have grabbed your ass and used you as a shield. Yeah, he could have. That's, That's insane. wild. Yeah. It's probably that lady's like son, dude. But you never went back there. Three knee fights. Yeah. Dude. No, we didn't go back. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he <laughs> the three knee fights. <laughs> just brandishing, dude. Just 
so he he saved you in uh retrospect yeah yeah yeah, we didn't leave the apartment like for the next two days. All right, let's just chill <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, yeah we went. Yeah, that was. Uh, let's watch this Joseph Smith movie twenty times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Way yeah. cooler than getting murdered by the Salvadorian police. <laughs> yeah, dude, getting caught in the crossfire. Yeah, so that, that was, was that was your like most near death experience the whole mission. Yeah. That besides shit my brains out when I got dengue fever. But <laughs> oh, tell us about it. Oh, dude, that was the worst. Tell us. I don't even know how I got it. So like, well, I know how I got it. You get it from mosquitoes, mosquitoes obviously, yeah, but yeah. like you have to, water always goes out there like all the time. So they have these big things. They're called, I can't, they're called uh, just like big tubs, like concrete tubs that you fill it up with water because you use it to like flush your toilet and everything like that. But the problem is with standing water is it breeds mosquitoes. Yeah. So you have to get like special powder that you like throw in the bottom, like a little bag that like slowly releases the powder to kind of, kill the mm. insects or whatever anyways i was just in one area and i just like remember waking up like super sick and just like drenched sweat like we went over to our cook's house so, like we had we paid like this lady oh yeah <laughs> alex had cooks and maids on his mission because it was like hey 25 cents a month and it was like not that not, it, it was, was like, like 25 bucks a month 80 dude. pupusas every meal like whatever you want fresh Damn. pressed clothes crazy you're part of the problem yeah. <laughs> yeah that division you were talking about yeah. <laughs> dude, you gotta you gotta wield that privilege when you got it this is the only time in my life i felt privileged <laughs> yeah but he would tell me that on my mission. In, I'm like, in my bad. country, I'm you. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you told them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, whoa. <laughs> my dad makes me pave this, this driveway every every weekend. Oh, anyway, gosh. so you woke up and you just shot your brains out or what? No, I just had a really bad fever for like two days straight. And just like the shit. It's like sweating like crazy. Like it was hard to tell the difference between me just being like normally sweating and then just but like this was like extra and then like and then one time and then after the second day of fevers i started throwing up and i couldn't keep any food down and then like my companion was like all right if you don't stop like throwing up like after like like if you don't if you don't stop throwing up like after you know this from here on since this last time like we're gonna take you to the hospital and like they stopped throwing up so they have to go to the hospital but it was just like really bad Fever, shaking—it's kind of like COVID. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was not fun. Nice and constant runs. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> just two years of constant runs. Or I, I don't think I've had like normal poos since then, dude. So many of our friends <laughs> who served out of the country, there there's like two. Their lives are split in two, and it's like bowel movements before the mission and bowel movements before everyone goes out on the mission and just catches mad parasites dude, dude <laughs> I, I got something i know i i 100 percent like i was forever changed yeah. after my mission i ate so much raw crazy food yeah any more stories this one this one's kind of funny but it's kind of sadistic <laughs> so you know, how I told you, about, you know how i told you about buses how like everybody gets on buses so yeah a lot of time people like sell stuff on buses so like you'll see like people selling fresh mangoes fresh fruits and vegetables like like peanuts or whatever <laughs> this is towards the end of my mission and my uh my sadistic love of humor was at an all-time high and uh <laughs> and we're waiting to catch this bus and is on a busy road and this old guy selling peanuts is crossing the road <laughs> he just gets 
freaking hit by a bus and goes flying through the air. Oh. And there's like six elders and we're sitting on the side of the road and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> this dude goes flying. His It was so bad. Oh. His shoes came off and peanuts went flying everywhere. Oh, no. And it wasn't like one of those like small buses. It was like one of those big like school bus things, dude. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like this literally oh. happened like, like 30, 40 yards from where we were standing. We were like, I just saw somebody get killed. And the dude's like, it, obviously dead. Like, you <gasps> just see him laying in the street. Like, no. his, like, body's all twisted, weird. Oh. Like, blood just started going. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And so then the the one of the other vendors, <laughs> one of the other vendor ladies was, like, freaking out. And so she called the cops or whatever. And this is how you know you're in a third world country because they just, like, left the body there while they're, like, investigating everything. And then all of a sudden, like, one of the cops just, like, starts kicking the body into the gutter to get it out of the middle of the road. Oh. Wild. Yeah. That, that so doesn't that wasn't holding me. up traffic, dude. Yeah. And we're just sitting there like, what the hell? And as soon as like, uh, like after like the guy like kicked the body into the road, like our bus came and we got, we took off. But like, we were just like all sitting there on the bus. Like we just saw somebody die. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's go have lunch. Into the gutter, I yeah. guess. As like as intense or as like as sad or effed up as that sounds, that is a really good example of like the difference in third world countries. Cause like even in the Philippines, oh yeah, like you guys know or you guys have told the bus drivers were told if you hit a body, if make you sure hit a person, die. make sure they die. Yeah. Because it costs less if they yeah. die. Yep. And it's just like my sister lived in Haiti for a while and she said like she saw like 50 dead bodies because like people will just die and it's yeah. like all right leave oh, them yeah. even that dog in the middle of the road that i told you that story oh yeah all the kids were around it just laughing like, like the dying dog yeah like just intestines out and they're like calling it spaghetti like it's just like normal there oh yeah you know or when you get the dogs that like are stuck oh gosh <laughs> their butts are stuck together oh. <laughs> they've been boning yeah <laughs> crazy that was like my second day there and i saw that and i was like what the hell <laughs> who glued those dogs together i know what how does that even work science <laughs> evolution did that yeah yeah so yeah, i re- regularly saw that was those are the two craziest things like as far as like not paranormal yeah not paranormal that happened to me uh you know constantly seeing not like actual like the the only dead body I, was that guy who's I saw like just not covered but you'd always like we'd always be like walking downtown and like you come you turn around a corner and there's like cops there with like a couple like sheets over bodies and stuff because there was like a shooting or something there yeah yeah it's yeah. it's crazy one thing that's actually kind of sad is one of one of the guy one of the elders that I serve with um, he wasn't my companion I think he was one of my one of my like district leaders. He moved, he lived in Guatemala. He went back and moved, married an El Salvadorian girl, and then became a police officer there. And like I think it was like five years ago, he was killed, oh. like gun by like fighting oh. gangs and shit, dude. His was crazy, dude. That dude was a homie too. So it's a straight up war zone. Yeah, dude, war zone. But now it's doing a lot better because the the new president there, uh, he's like uh, his name's Nayib Bukele. He's like he's the Bitcoin dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Bitcoin's yeah. like allowed yeah, so in like, El Salvador. Yeah, so ATM machines. Yeah, so it's officially legal there now because of him. So he's like probably like maybe ten years older than us, and like he's like, I follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious, but like he's like trying to bring like El Salvador out, and I think 
think it's a good way bitcoins you know we could go into that but like it's yeah. it's very interesting because like they don't really have any exports like their main economy are remittance payments so like people sending money from the u.s to el salvador oh that's, that's their, their main, main economy. that's their main economy wow Gee, dude western union yes <laughs> dude, they took they took a fat hit when el salvador announced the that bitcoin is now legal tender because now people can just send bitcoin there oh and they don't have to go through Western Union. Oh, so oh, dude, it's that didn't shit's, help. Shit's about to pop off. Or it might help in other ways. Oh, it's going to help because it's going to help them be independent because they're they use the U.S. dollar there. So they're so anytime we print money, they're like yeah, so hard. And so so now that the, they have Bitcoin, Bitcoin's un, you know the supply is only getting smaller. It's a fixed supply, so yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it all works there. But um, I've how, been following it. It's pretty interesting. How about gang violence there? It's actually come down because they've. So when I was there, they instituted a law that basically put gang members on the same level as terrorists. I so mean, that in the, a lot of ways, it's like. So the, the so before the police, like just the, the public police, like the normal police were the only ones fighting them. But when they made that law, the army got involved. And so then the army. This is GTA. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Dude, oh yeah, like dude, when you I, commit the big dude. enough crime, then the army comes after you. Oh yeah, right? I would, we would be like walking around all the time, and you'd have like army patrols like walking through, just like all the time. Like is is crazy, but Damn. gang violence has come down, and I think a lot of that has to do with just some of the the laws that they're putting in place, like that, and uh, and it, uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how how it turns out. I actually would. I haven't wanted to go back until recently. A lot of the I'm interested. I'm I'm big in crypto and stuff, and so I'm interested to see how that goes. Is there a food Bitcoin. called arepas? That's uh, Honduranian. Okay, I think. Venezuelan. Yeah, Venezuelan. My bad. Pupusas are way better, by the way. Oh, pupusas! You are just pissed off good, a lot dude. of Central yeah. Americans. Yeah, arepas suck. Oh, <laughs> all right. Any other stories? Uh, yes. So we, I do have a few supernatural stories. If you guys want to hear those, I think. If this you're is down. the place to talk about it. <laughs> Only if you want to. No, yeah. So, like I said, like there's a lot of superstition, a lot of Catholicism, and uh, and just I think you guys have told a lot of different stories from missionaries and has to do with you know possession or just weird feelings and things like that. Um, so, like I think the first time I ran into something kind of weird um, was when. I was in, I can't remember which, it was like my fourth or fifth area. And it was out in like the kind of rural areas um, in like the central part of uh, El Salvador. And I had, I had gone on like exchanges. So, like you kind of like every once in a while, you'll switch, you'll swap companions. And so I swapped my companion. I went into another area, not my the area I was stationed in. And I went with this one elder, I think he was from Utah or something like that. And we were just like walking around, going tracting or just knocking on doors and stuff. And um, one, and we just knocked on, we just go to this one door and it was kind of like, we were just trying to knock doors to knock doors. And I was following, I was kind of new. So I was following the, this other elder I was with and we knock on this door and like immediately I got this weird feeling and I was like, uh. Like, and I, and I hate knocking doors in the middle of the day anyways, just because it's super hot. And I was kind of like irritated already because I just hated that. But we knocked on this door and immediately I was just like, this is weird. And this lady opens the door, just like cracks it. 
and she's like, Hey elders, you know, and I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, we just want to, and the other companion was kind of leading the conversation, like we're elders, all this stuff. And he's, she was like, Oh, come in. And as soon as the door opens, I look to the right and there's all these symbols like drawn all along the doorway. The symbol that caught my eye was the pentagram and there's a bunch of other like pagan symbols on there. And I was like, okay. And I was kind of just letting this other elder lead the way. And he was kind of like, I think he was kind of like mad about something. So he was just kind of like doing his stuff and he wasn't really being observant to like what was going on. And we go in and we sit down. And then as soon as we sit down, he looks at me and he's just like, and he just kind of gave me like the look and he tells me in English and he's just like, we're not going to stay long. And I'm like, yeah. And she was then, she said, she then goes, so Alex and Garrett, what are you guys, what are you guys doing here? And I was just like, shut the f up. What? She knew our names and she said it to us in perfect English. Okay. The reason that's weird for our non-members, when you go on your mission, you shed your first name. You yeah. don't tell anyone. There's a lot of times even your companion who you're living with doesn't know your first name. Yeah. You were supposed to be known as Elder and your last name. Yeah. So there's like literally no way this lady could have known. Yeah. And one thing that was crazy is that. So what'd you guys do? I just looked at him and I was just like, okay. And we're like, hey, we might. And then I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was like so shook. I was just like, and I looked at. Elder Garrett was his name, and he was just like, can we just say a prayer and leave? And she was like, no. And so then he just started praying. <laughs> and then I was just like, all right. And and one thing that I noticed that's actually kind of weird. So I was listening to your guys' uh, episode about, you guys are talking about um, the, demon, the attachments or... Yeah, attachments. Those, yeah, the attachments. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. And... I realized I remember now that she had like a bunch of birds in her house. Cause I remember them being like really annoying and loud. And I, I was just like, dude, what if like those were like some, like had to do something with it. It was just freaking scary. Like I just, you just feel like, like, like I just felt like my heart dropped to my stomach. Like as soon as she said like our names, I was like, this is not good. We need to get out of here. And so then that the guy I was with elder Garrett, he just like said a prayer and was just like, please bless this house and, you know, make rid it of any evil spirits or anything like that. And then we just were like, see ya. We walked out. And as soon as we left, we were just, it was just like a weight was taken. Off Holy us. cow, dude. That's wild. Yeah. That was like, that was the first time I like, I got like super emotional afterwards. Cause like I had never like felt anything like that before. And so like, yeah, it was, that one was, I was like, wow, that it was just a, a real eye opener for me because like growing up, like you always, you know, especially like in the church, like they talk about like oh, evil spirits and all that. And you see it in the movies, you see it in the movies. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like that, that is the really first exist. like real world application that you had. Yeah. That was like the first time I was like, okay, this isn't a joke. Like that, sh that shit's real. Yeah. <sighs> Which is a good reminder, too. Because, like, we've talked about the efficacy of even having this show. And if the chance that we're inviting these things in people's lives. So, at least for me personally, I would always caution people to know your limits. 
be careful for what you seek. You know what I mean? Even if it's like, because it's fun to watch scary movies, but then there is a tipping point. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. okay, this is not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think we dance around that line too much. We keep it very light, but that's for every person to decide for themselves. Right. How do you turn it around in that situation? <laughs> Just leave? Yeah, dude. I don't know. How do you know? What else do you know? What do you mean? Or like the lady. Just, oh, just start yeah. asking her what else do you know? Tell me the lottery number. I know. What did yeah. the symbols, what were they carved in? Were they written on with ink? Yeah, it was like Sharpie. Oh. Yeah. The, That's a I very just noticed, interesting thing. I just noticed because the, the one I noticed first was the pentagram, which was like right eye level when I turned in. And that like was a media red flag. And I told Elder Garrett, I was like, did you not see the symbols on there? He's like, no, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, yeah, dude, there was like a bunch of like weird symbols and there was a pentagram on there. And then he was, and he started telling me he had run into some other things like that, like, and he had heard stories. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of like weird old ladies who just live out in the boonies. And, mm-hmm. and are they called brujas there? Yeah, brujas. They do brujeria, which um, is a witch. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that's actually, and I th- you'll find it in any Latin American culture, any other smaller poor country. It's more prevalent because they don't. What else are they going to do? They don't have their phones to preoccupy them. <laughs> they make up ghost stories. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have any experiences that he told you you can remember? Or? No, not really. He just said that you run into, you know, other, I talked with other elders where they run into like weird old ladies and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know if you've heard DJ's companion had a very similar experience to that. Yeah. Encountered the same thing. Walked into the house and they, she was like, Welcome, Tyler and yeah. Earl. And yeah. Insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, honestly, like, there had to have been some some type of possession or some something there because, like, it's, like, the happiest moment you ever feel. It's, like, just think of that, but just, like, the complete opposite. And it's, it's like, like, void. It's void. Yeah, like, there's yeah. just darkness, light. empty. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's, like, possession. Like, something attached to her. Like telling, like whispering things or telling things. Yeah, to she's her. like a conduit. Or if she's like in tune. Cause you know, like, have you ever come across somebody and it's like you instantly feel like good things about them? Like you feel like you've known them for a long time or like Sean you recognize. No, like, yeah. Good things yeah, about I, I them. Have, yeah. 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 Like if she in a similar way can like see you and like just know certain things, like you're. Simple things like your name. I the name thing is a little bit of a stretch for me because like when I meet, I feel like I'm a good judge of character, and if I meet somebody and like we like the same, like you you kind of hit it off with people without you know, oh this guy's a cool guy, this guy's a homie, like you know I get mm-hmm. that, but like knowing your name and then also speaking it in perfect English too, which is was, a rare occurrence down there. Yeah. Like perfect English. Like the only the only people who know perfect English are the gang members who came back from who were deported or like other people who were deported who lived there for a long time. So that's like level twenty, level thirty bruja. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't a joke, dude. Yeah. Did you write her address down for the next missionaries to go visit her? Nope. <laughs> Just say really interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Golden. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the that was the first thing. And the only other thing that happened to me, this one's like the most uh, this one's like the hardest one for me to tell because this one, this one get this one hits home because it has to do with a little kid. Um, 
and I'm probably going to get emotional talking about it because I don't, I've only told this story like three times. Shit, bro. Seriously, if you don't want to, you no, do not have no, to. No, I'm going to. Uh, so I've probably told it a handful of times. Um, so this was later in my mission. I was like in the middle of my mission. And like a lot of times when your elders, like when people are sick, they call the elders to go help you, to go, you know, do give blessings. Um, and so because I don't know how much I don't want to go into it too much, but essentially like we believe that we have the power to act uh, for God. Essentially we have the power to, you know, kind of help heal or whatever. And we got a call because this one kid in the ward was sick and we went there and the Bishop was there. Who's like the head guy of the congregation in the area. And one of his counselors was there and the kid was just, we, we got there. And as soon as I got there, I had just a strange feeling from the get go. Um, the kid was like pale, like super, just not just like super out of it. Like just babbling, like not really being coherent and the mom's freaking out. And we get there and the bishop's like, Hey, like we're just going to give him a blessing you know, we'll go. And yeah, it was just it, as soon as, and then the more time we were there, the more like it just, we could, because we were just kind of like talking with the mom, just kind of seeing like, what did you take him to the doctor? You know, all this stuff. And the doctors, doctors didn't say anything. The healthcare system was like crap there. So like, so it wasn't really anything. They're just like, Oh, we should give him a blessing. That was like the only thing they could think of. And, and so then when they do the blessing, like usually you have one person like kind of saying the prayer, and as soon and the, in this case we were like oh let's let the bishop do it and as soon as i put my hands on this kid's head like i had that same feeling that i had when i was in that chick's house like my heart went to my stomach like to my stomach just void empty feeling like super evil feeling and i was like all right like i think i know what this is like something's wrong with this kid like like I was like, I thought it was, this kid was probably possessed. Like I was like, there's a good likelihood that that's it. And so the Bishop, you know, put his hands on last and he started, he started to say the prayer and like everything. And the kid started shaking. And then the kid turns around, whips around really quick and looks at the Bishop and looks at us and evil, like, the most evil like look like I can I can't even describe it and he turns around to the bishop and he says I'm not going anywhere you beat your wife and just turns around and starts mumbling again the kid just sitting there and I looked up at the I looked at my companion my companion's like uh bishop can you please exit the the circle and then the second counselor who's actually a really good dude he then does it and we were sitting there and we, I think we blessed this kid like three times. And then finally about the third time, like the kid just kind of like relaxed and like this feeling kind of instantly just went away and it was just kind of like peaceful. And I looked and the Bishop was like sitting like down, like with his hands on his head, like kind of like freaking out, like not freaking out, but just like really like taking inventory on like what was going on. And I was just like, we just looked 
at each other, like the second counselor and my companion, we looked at each other and we're just like, all right. And we told the mom and we're like, all right, if anything else happens, like, just give us a call. We'll come back. And the kid just kind of like was just super tired and went to bed. And then we left and me and my companion didn't say anything the entire walk home, which was like a 20 minute walk. We just walked in silence. And then we talked about it a little bit when we got back to the house. Is it just playing over and over in your head or like what's going on? Yeah. Just over and over. Like, like that. And also like, like just, it's hard to explain. Like, yeah, it was replaying in our, in my head over and over again, but also like, just like the look of the kid, like, like I can still, I can see it to this day. Like, like, and that's, and that's one of the reasons like why I don't, I don't mess with anytime. Like there's like scary possession movies or anything else like that. Like I don't mess with it because if they, they, there's like a look that sometimes like is close to like it and it just like triggers that memory for me. And it's very, very visceral. Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, yeah you, was, you literally intense. like looked evil in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that would fundamentally change your relationship with scary things. Yeah. I completely yeah. understand that. Yeah. So yeah, that happened. Um <laughs> yeah, so like my companion and I think we talked about it a little bit and like we kind of speculated on on what was happening because like we were just like, why would this happen to this kid? Like like the like is this a single mom, like you know, like what's going on. And, and we saw the kid a couple of days later at church and he was totally fine. And we were just like, really glad that like we were there, like whether it was us or just like, I don't know, like we, we obviously helped him. So, um, yeah, that was, we were just glad that nothing happened, nothing happened again. And luckily nothing ever happened to me like that again on my mission. So, yeah. Uh, from an outsider, it sounds like. So when you're doing that, if you're not living your life righteously, yeah, we believe you will not have the power to do that. So the sounds like the bishop started the blessing, yeah, and whatever was in that kid divined, and just turned to him. Basically, yeah. was like, "You're not worthy. I'm. You're. I'm not going anywhere because you're not worthy." And named the specific sin, yeah. Which like, it kind of reminds me of another story we told. I think it was DJ, uh, the Queen of Satan, where she would know things about him, or she would know things that were going on in his life, and whatever it is on some other plane that these things exist on, they're able to see like the things that you do and can bring those to light. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like, I think actions have a lot to do with like whether you have light or darkness around you and if you do good things like you know whether it's karma whether it's an aura whatever like but if you do bad things like that's that's going to do the opposite effect and you're going to have Brings darkness. darkness and and the funny thing is too is that that bishop wasn't bishop for very much long after that so i think he i think he i don't know if he got re- like removed or whatever because i was not in the area much longer after that thing were you goodness. thankful for that yeah oh, dude i was so glad yeah, the only other people I've told that story to, I told my mission president, I told... Did he ask or what? No, I told him. Yeah. We were just talking and I was just like, hey, like this happened. 
Did he have any interesting thoughts on it or keep it private? No, he didn't. He was just like, well, that he's like, that can happen, Elder. He's like, that's what your job's for. You're supposed to do that. He's just like, um, he's like, I'm glad you guys, he, he liked how we handled it, how we handled it and how we had, obviously our intent was to have the Bishop do it first, but then keeping it with the, the members doing the, right. The just being there to help. Yeah. So he, yeah. Told my Bishop, obviously my companion knew my wife. And I think I told you that story before. I swear I've told you. I don't think so, bro. Yeah. I'm a really good memory for stories. I think I did. Cause we were taught, we were swapping stories. Maybe. Cause you told me some of your stories. Huh. But it was a long time ago, so I don't blame you for not remembering. But anyways, yeah. So what do you do, like, to turn down from that, like, get away from that headspace and kind of uh, we just the air. don't listen to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I do personally after that? Like, sure. To stop or thinking about even it? Even, like, if it, like, you start thinking about it and it's not getting you in a good, good space, like... I don't know, like if you if you believe in in God or in a higher being, like obviously you can pray, you know, that I feel like helps. Well, it can help also like go and do something physical to get your mind off of it. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> that that helps too. But yeah. yeah, I think just doing something other than that, like trying to do something that uh, occupies your your headspace, where you can only be thinking about the thing that you're doing. So whether it's exercise, other types of work, or whatever. We talk. We we routinely talk about Disney movies. Just throw in a Disney movie, and it's like, besides like God, the next best shield against <laughs> evil. It's like cast out all things, dude. I Pocahontas. Watch, I watch Disney movies all day long, son. There you go. On your mission? No, at my oh. house currently, <laughs> dude. That's what you're protected now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, uh, I'm honored you shared that with us. I'm sorry you went through that and it left like an impact. But uh yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really good reminder, especially for me, to remember like this isn't all fun and games, and yeah. there is a definitive line. And me personally, I don't want to go anywhere near that line. I enjoy scary stories, I enjoy hearing them. Uh, but yours felt more, way more like educational or like a personal warning to myself yeah. and maybe anyone out there. So just be careful what you seek out. And like you said, do things that bring more light. Careful with those things that bring dark. Yeah. Uh, any, sorry. Sorry. Any thoughts no. from you boys? I was just going to say like 3M is definitely like enjoyment from like a distance. <laughs> so yeah, People are we, like, we go, under- go to a haunted house and it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, we understand when people like have it uh in close proximity. So yeah, I don't know, it's an interesting thought. It's like the f- thought that comes to my mind is like there's so many paranormal investigators out there and I truly feel like if they came up against anything substantial, they wouldn't want to do that anymore. I don't know, that's just yeah. my thought. I agree. Because like, I think most of it's BS. It's like all fun and games when you hear like noises, but when you stare evil in the face, you're like, why am I doing this? Or like, why would I ever put myself in a situation? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any funny or lighthearted stories <laughs> to sage the air, to clear the air from your mission? I can, I can always tell this story about uh, shitting my pants. 
That's always good. No. I feel like every elder has a story about shitting their pants. And shitting story? No. I won't. I won't. No worries. Bother your listeners with those details. (laughs) Any closing remarks for you or thoughts on El Salvador, your experiences there, your time there? Anything. It was an awesome time. Uh, Just, yeah, I actually want to go back kind of, you know, now that's getting better, but. obviously great experiences to have i feel lucky to have had them and uh yeah thanks for letting me come on here and share those stories with you (laughs) hell yeah dude i know it's been like i I think ever since you guys started this thing like i feel like every like three every month or so i was like you're gonna share stories with us (laughs) When (laughs) when are you coming on the pod yeah dude true fans uh there's no there's no walls or barriers. Uh no, I'm sorry. No. But I'm happy. It's okay. I'm happy. <laughs> Me too. I'm gonna justify it. I'm glad I forced you to do it. No. no. It's good, dude. It's good stuff. Um sweet. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No problem, boys. Uh three PMs routinely are our favorite episodes. It's fun to get a fresh voice in here we get so used to each other talking all the time it's like dude i know i've heard that story 20 times about your life (laughs) Uh, i feel like i do that the most so um but and learning about different cultures is like huge for us so we really appreciate you coming on teaching us about el salvador it's uh some of its uh, trials it's faced in the past and hopefully getting over so yeah we appreciate it no problem any other thoughts gentlemen let's close this up Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, yeah, like Charles said, dude, the guests for 3 p.m. people love probably the most. <laughs> dude, it's kind of like when you're on your mission and you're in an area and they're like, hey, like, nice to meet you. When are sisters coming back? You know, you're like, well, fuck me. Like, that's the feeling. <laughs> Literally, every time we put out a 3 p.m., everyone messages us. Oh, this is our favorite episode. Oh, this is actually a good episode. You're like, no, it's fine. We actually love it. So, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, to all our listeners, trust your gut, watch your back. Bye, love you, be safe. Be careful out there. And you have a sign off. See ya. <laughs> Adios. Say, say something in Spanish, bro. <laughs> Adios, cabron. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, yeah, eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're, we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah, that's his nickname, finger-banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker.